Welcome to The Old World Lives, a World of Fantasy Battles podcast. You can find us on Facebook at The Old World Lives, on Instagram at The Old World Lives, and you can reach us by email at theoldworldlives at gmail.com. And now, on to the episode. Twas the night before Christmas, when all through the house. Not a creature was stirring, happily not even a mouse. The stockings were hung by the chimney with care. In hopes that a saint of Manalt soon would be there. The children were nestled all snug in their beds. While visions of Sigmar danced in their heads. And Mama with her crossbow, and I in my cap. Had just settled down for the long winter's watch. When out on the lawn there arose such a clatter. I sprang from the bed to see what was the matter. Away to the window I flew like a flash. Tore open the shutters and threw up the sash. The moon on the beasts atop the new-fallen snow. Gave the luster of midday to nightmares below. When, what to my wondering eyes should appear. But a miniature man with an axe dragged in tow. He ran to the nightmares, so lively and quick. I knew in a moment it must be a dream. More rapid than eagles his feet seemed to move. And he whistled, and shouted, and called them by name. Now, Dasher. Now, Dancer. Now, Prancer and Vixen. On, Comet. On, Cupid. On, Donner and Blitzen. To the top of the porch. To the top of the wall. Now dash away. Dash away. Dash away before I kill you all. As dry leaves that before the wild hurricane fly. The mares met with an obstacle, axe to the sky. So up to the housetop the nightmares they flew. With their eyes full of murder and the short man in tow. And then, in a twinkling, I heard on the roof. The prancing and pawing of each little hoof. As I drew my sword, and was turning around. Down the chimney the short man came with a bound. He was dressed all in fur, from his head to his foot. And his clothes were all tarnished with ashes and soot. A bundle of goat heads he had flung on his back. And he looked like a butcher just opening his pack. His eyes how they twinkled. His dimples how merry. His cheeks were like roses, his nose like a cherry. His droll little mouth was drawn up like a bow. And the beard of his chin was as white as the snow. The stump of a pipe he held tight in his teeth. And the smoke it encircled his head like a wreath. He had a broad face and a little round belly. That shook, when he laughed like a bowlful of jelly. He spoke not a word, but went straight to his work. Severed ears from goat heads, then turned with a jerk. And laying his finger aside of his nose. Keep these for the bounty and fix up your roof. Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays to all. Hello and welcome to this Opposite Aquil episode of the Old World Lives of War of Fantasy Battles podcast. Yes, I added the battles this time. And uh, I'm Christopher and with me tonight I got the whole crew. So let's start it off with uh, Krell. Angry Rattling, I'm back. Uh, we just tried to remember when all of us were gathered last time and it might have been the better part of a year. Thanks for having me on. And Nicholas? Hello, everyone. Yeah, I'm usually here, but it's nice to have the whole crew here again. I think it, yeah, you said the last time was when we had Pyrenean on. And then we have the person who probably knows why Ray is a droid built by Wookiees. Hello, Jimmy. Oh, hello, everyone. I'm here to spoil Star Wars for everyone. Roy, Ray is Voldemort. 
No, it's a droid built built by Wookiees. And uh, who who's left? Who's left? Hmm. Is it Jens? Is Jens there? Merry Griffin balls to everyone. <laughs> Is everybody hanging your tree? Yeah, that's every every day of the year. And twice the, on Sunday. The waff, the waff of the turnip-based economy is back stronger than ever. Hey, Jens. Hello. It's like I said before, we record together so rarely now that it's like we're all on a, a group first date again. We're just trying to get to know each other. What's everybody doing? <laughs> yeah. Who has the best mustache? Yeah, I've just got to know Chris, and then you guys come here and we need to learn your guys' names again. Speaking of... I literally have the same name. Yeah, but you spell it wrong. So, let's start it off with a bit of... Since it's been quite a long time since some of us have been here, Christopher, or Krell, which is going to go with, as usual, what have you been doing in the hobby the last six months or so? <laughs> oh, sweet Jesus, have mercy. Um, I started Allegiance of Chaos Army, meaning that I had Beastmen, <laughs> Chaos Warriors, uh, Sundry Beasts and Monsters, and that has now since been concluded. Uh, my highlight is probably my wife coming out wondering, what are you doing? And my answer was just looking her straight in the eye saying, I'm a painting a six-boobed snake demon. And she just looked at me, shrugged and left the room. And we haven't really spoken since then, but she's here with me now. Um, I gathered a bunch of the old Forge World resin monsters. So I painted a Preston, which I think is just awesome. I want to redo one of those as a demonic mount as well. And most recently, just to fast forward a bit, uh, I finished a 60 group of gores and then realized that for 6th edition, I need to get a bunch of spear-wielding ungores, which is kind of hard to get nowadays since everybody wants them with bows or you know hand weapons. After that, uh, overcoming my self-loathing and hatred of all things expedient, I've now started painting a large batch of, <sighs> of the beautiful, abhorrent ratmen of the Under Empire. So my new my new idea is to do a bunch of Skaven, and I'm trying to experiment with a bit with the new contrast colors just to see, you know, how how large a part of the Warhammer Fattest Battles uh, community can I get shunned by. Uh, but so far, I'm pretty happy with the results. I want to try out a bit more colorful. So I'm doing like yellow and orange, and my fellow cast members, who I'm pointing to vaguely, but you can't see me. Uh, I'm trying to get their feedback because you have an intuitive sense of colors that I sorely miss. Yeah, you you were texting us and pretty much get it, trying to get us to dissuade you from starting Skaven. And we were all like, do Skaven, do Skaven, come on, Kral, do Skaven. And like, oh, fuck. I I'm glad that you started doing Skaven. Yeah. They're so fun to paint. They're just, I don't know why, there's just something great about the sculpts from like 6th, 7th, and 8th edition. Some of those 6th edition sculpts, like the old Storm Vermin and the Gut Runners and the Night Runners and the Assassins still hold up really, really well, even with the scales and proportions. And I should probably mention here that this is the opposite of Quell. So this will be quite a lot of, uh, well, white noise. Hope, hopefully not too much, but uh, there's, there's drinking going on and this will just be rambling and rambling and going on all night, hopefully. And, uh, we are aiming to trigger Nicholas no less than three times by talking about a certain other miniature game where the bases are rounded rather than beautifully square. Yeah, and we also bought him the new Ideneth Deepkin novel by Neil <laughs> Cameron. Because <laughs> the Christmas uh, present. Oh no, did I say, say that out loud? Now it's all spoiled. The surprise is all spoiled. It's literally called The Bloodied Sea Blade of Darkness. Uh, I'm just trying to think now if you're actually serious. It could be a thing. It's 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 not. He's just waiting, wanting to bait you with a reaction there. 
And since we're talking about you, what have you been doing lately in the hobby? Because we, we probably know since the last episode was released like five days ago or six days ago before this recording. So, Yeah, so in the last episode I said that I was going to pick up the new box of Chaos, uh, the Slice of the Darkness box. And I've picked it up and I've assembled them and holy shit, these models are gorgeous. It's the best thing Games Workshop has released in such a long time. Like, it feels weird. I was thinking about it when I went into the stories, buying Games Workshop stuff and being genuinely excited about this box. And like, oh, I will actually use it for something. It's crazy. And malls are fantastic. And they're all SnapFit, which I didn't know when I bought it. And it works great. I was saying to you guys, like, the last SnapFit things I bought from Games Workshop was Black Reach, the 5th edition 40k starter box. And it's just really boring monopost guys. Yeah, that was a six-day birthday to remember for you, right? <laughs> I'm trying to remember. I was probably like 13 or something when I got it. Uh, but, yeah. Really? 13? Oh, fuck. Something like that. 13, 14? Maybe, maybe 15? Something like that. I don't know. Uh, but these models are great. Chaos models are great. And especially the riders. Like, holy shit. And I got them on uh, cavalry bases. And I got some... Used the Warriors on regular square bases as well. And uh, people were losing their shit. Like, holy shit, you can actually rank them up. It's a bit yeah, of a hassle. You them on uh, 25 mils, right? The yeah. Warriors. That's great. Yeah. Uh, so I posted a picture on the Electrocounts Facebook group. And then the Square Hammer guys posted that picture on their Instagram. And I said, holy, holy shit, you can actually rank them up. And I'm more excited, actually, that you could actually rank up the riders. And they looked so terrifying. Yeah, it's a wall of it's a wall of steel. Yeah, it really looks like a, a an imposing yeah. wall of steel descending on an enemy line. I was really impressed by your work because I thought it was going to be really hard to actually manage to rank up, but you did an incredibly good job. And like you said, it didn't seem too hard, but maybe that's just for you guys. But still, no, it was really, really well easy. done. Because also, like the the riders, like one of them is leaning heavily to the right, one is leaning heavily to the left, one is riding straight forward, and then the two of them are like wiggling a bit so you just right put him like the right guy on the right and the left guy on the left and you have plenty of space and Do you get a full command with that kit no no you don't so you don't get any command like with them or the warriors so i bought this start collecting box and then i also bought a just a regular uh words of chaos box and in the words of chaos box you get like three sets of command so you get three uh or even four i think uh hands holding a banner pole and uh, horns and stuff so I, I would definitely recommend that you buy that box and a box of old warriors because they they've mixed very well as well and also the helmets on the new guys are really small actually i was not super keen on the helmets i i used to use the the old helmets mostly uh jimmy you also bought this box oh yeah i did and it's it's a wonderful box to play around with the only thing I'm not so keen of is the shields. Uh, I, I, I prefer the normal kind of kite shields that the Chaos Warriors used to have. Yeah. But they're the still looking one. good. The new ones take paint really well, though. They do. Yeah, it feels really like when you look at them, like, oh, this is for people with airbrushes to play around with, more <laughs> than, like, this is a shield that makes sense. Or depending on what techniques you use... Uh... Get some decent, decent makeup brushes or like serious D dry brushes. You can make he's, quite a good result with that. Just holding out, not getting that airbrush, eh, Chris? Never. Uh, Why do you think I bought a set of uh, decent, uh, air, decent uh, dry brushes instead? Yeah, you know, these models are great, and I'm really looking forward to working on these guys in 2020. 
what are you going to use for like command units? Are you going to use the big guy on like the demonic steed? Are you going to get something else as well? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's another thing. Uh, I'm I'm using the yeah that guy on the demonic mount. Uh, usually, the demonic mount goes goes on fifty by fifty, but it was a bit long, so I put him on a, a fifty by seventy five that I had laying around. I actually bought that when you could still buy square bases from Games Workshop, because uh, I thought these bases might be hard to get hold of later if they stop making square bases. So I just bought a pack of three, and like a couple of weeks after that, they stopped selling square bases. So yes, and now I could finally use them. So yeah, he he will be a uh, exalted champion on a demonic mount. So I will use him, and then I will also get a, a wizard, and then I got the the Belakor model, which is the best. You did get the furies as well, didn't you? Yes, yeah, I bought the the Chaos Beasts box uh, with the new furies. I love them as well. They're a bit fiddly, very thin so you gotta watch out a bit their wings are a bit everywhere but super great models uh which base size did you use for them 25 nice 25 at 25 yeah because yeah, i based all of my gores on 25 and all my warriors of chaos anyway so it won't look too out of touch i'd really recommend 25 as a standard base again all props to jimmy who <laughs> somehow managed to put all of his units on almost all of it on 20 millimeters but i just can't i don't know how Oh, they're supposed to be on 25s, right? Like, why is that a question? I mean, gores you could put on 20 millimeters, theoretically. You're, yeah, but you're not supposed to. Yeah. Gore, gores, gores have 25 by 25. Same with ungores in 6th edition. What? Really? Because I got mine with, like, round bases and no square options. Yeah. And I asked you guys, and I remember you yeah. telling me that you could <laughs> put it on you 20 remember, millimeters. You remember this wrong. We told you about the ungores. The, if you play ungores in later editions... You can put them in on twenty millimeter millimeters because ungors are small guys. Yeah, so because yeah. in sixth edition they were <clears throat> they were mixed herds, and then in seventh edition they became their own units on twenty mil bases. Don't you go lecturing me on beastman editions? I was reading beastman editions for you, <laughs> buying black. Oh, well, I was. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I know that. Just, I think I probably came to the part. Krell, I don't think you should put him on 20 meters. And I probably took that as, I bet you can't put him on 20 meters. And I went, I'll show you. <laughs> and then I just gave up. I bought like two fistfuls of 25 millimeters. But we're talking around Jimmy. Are you, was that it, Nicholas? Because you've done a lot. I was thinking we should go over Jimmy. Uh, yeah, go ahead, Jimmy. What have you been Yeah, for, for once, I've barely been doing anything. I'm, 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 you, I mean, a bit you haven't a... been doing a secret Mordheim gang on the side. No, no, I've been kind of out of touch since I finished the Dwarf Warband. And out of time? Now nah, I have a lot of free time, but I've been using that time to play games of Mordheim instead. That is acceptable. So you're not out of touch and out of time. I'm uh, out of stuff. You got those buildings. Oh yeah, yeah. I bought a lot of, not not a lot, uh, uh, a fair few buildings from. Uh, MS Terrain Labs from Instagram, and they're 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 so gorgeous. It's like these Mordheim buildings are. I, I'm 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 kind of speechless because they're bigger than my biggest buildings <laughs> that I already Damn. have. It's like nice. only, only, only my clock tower towers over them. That's well, we so need to like, get to play on those, right? Yeah, it's like yeah, yes, they like, are amazing. They, they are uh, they are about twenty five percent bigger than I thought it would be. <laughs> they're incredible i've been yeah, seeing like those on in, in instagram and i didn't know that like they were going to you i've seen this guy post pictures on like holy shit these are the best films i've seen is the 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 paint flaking on the outside is just incredibly done yeah yeah i know 
it's a lot of attention to detail and it's through very simple means. I think he uses normal sculpting clay to do that effect. It looks great. I mean, it looks like he literally detailed every shingle and roofing tile. And I'm going to give it a 5 out of 7. And that 5 is the 5 out of the 7 deadly sins it evoked in me when I looked upon them. Because uh, I want them as well. I mean, good on you. Those are just beautiful. <laughs> so now we're just going to save up more money and buy more terrain. Until you can field all of more time. Yes. <laughs> So, yeah, it's like, this was a short one for me. So, let's go over to Christopher. What have you been doing? Nothing. That's a lie. This is a lie. What did you I, do? I know um, a lie when I hear it. Mainly playing uh, PvP in uh, World Classic. And? Well, I'm a sergeant now. And? Oh, also, I've been, I'm currently actually working on assembling some uh, Shadow Warriors. And well, that's it. Given that uh, when this is released, because we're gonna spoil, this is re recorded a, f a fair few days in advance, just to make sure it actually happens. Given stuff we're gonna talk about in a bit, but uh, my horses. I are resent posted. that insinuation. <laughs> my horses are posted on Instagram already. People have been seeing them, and currently I'm doing Shadow Warriors, all five of them, because that's a decent sized unit for a two thousand point six dead army. There, it wasn't so hard. Might add a sixth one actually, because uh, five to six is a good one that isn't too big of a threat, but can still deal with war machines and mages. I uh, charged a unit of shadow warriors with a lone boy R once. He didn't make it. <laughs> I'm just gonna try this out, Nicholas. The court of the blind king is a tale of ambition and warring houses in which our thoroughly unpleasant anti-hero, Prince Lurian, and his even less pleasant Namartiv paramour, Namariel, conspired to claim the vacant jaded throne of Bryomdar. Deep down, though, it's a quest story, with Lurian exploring both sea and land in search of the allies he needs to win his throne. <laughs> they literally named him Lore, like in Lurian. And it's the throne of Brian. Jeez. Uh, I have no idea what, that, what's going that, on right now. You should check the photo in uh, our Discord chat when you can, you're able. Because that's, uh, that's the new Deepkin book that you're getting for Christmas. Oh, wow. It's hard to make this up. So The dude's attack dog is literally a remora wearing a riding harness with like that small is his, spacing that's, for that's his speed. Horn. <laughs> is that his steed? Yeah, yeah, that's a steed. That is... You know, Krell, there's a model of this one. Yep. But he has an eye patch uh, in there. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to like laugh at the sort of ridiculous stuff we come up for Navarti Deepkin, and somehow they keep surpassing my expectations <laughs> every time. Like, I mean, is, is there a unit that just throws poisonous blowfish? That's something I made up. Is that like a spell now? It is now. Yeah, it probably is. After this, uh, this is released. This is gonna add up, add like a small token for the endless spells. It's... I want an endless spells, which is basically just a large uh, seaborne tornado of electric eels. Sharknado. Yes, and much... coral armor. Coral armor. Oh, did I mention that I'm also going to paint the dragon? Ooh. Go on. Yeah, one of the dragon riders have been po that posted a while ago. It's finally gonna get painted. It's gonna be a nice blue dragon with a white belly. Or if I paint the, the other one, blue white dragon. Or if I paint the other one, it's gonna be a green dragon 
with a white belly. Imaginative, isn't it? Will the third one be a black dragon? No, the third one will be a massive uh, white dragon. Nice. And that will be the Carmine dragon sculpt with uh, Prince Emmerich on top. It's a beautiful dragon. <clears throat> and, then you have, and then you have an army you can actually play in 8th edition. Yeah, or most of an army for uh, War of the Beard. Because then you have a, the Lord on Dragon and the two Dragon Princes. And yeah, I can actually them yeah, and I can actually use all my Swordsmasters in that list because it uh, changes the restriction from 0 to 1 to 0 to 2. It's so much lore back then. All right. Uh, anything else? Should we let Jen talk about his Griffin Balls? Yeah, we're let, waiting let for we're wait, waiting for Jens to come back, so that's why I'm trying to vamp a bit. So oh, stalling. Keep, keep talking. Keep talking. Krell. Talk, talking about stall. Talking about Stalin. Uh, Nicholas, <laughs> don't you think it's time? <laughs> don't you think it's time that the Kislevites just like fully embrace their socialist roots? I don't, there are some uh, like uh, Soviet themes in the Kislev stuff. Not so much in the current army list, uh, in the army project thing. And uh, they have the in the the fluff is all the Czechists who are basically uh, political police. So they are basically commissars. Yeah, and I had someone ask me just on a different topic. Uh, if one of the reasons to why I haven't participated in the podcast recordings for a while is because I was exhausted from thoroughly beating the electric counts in a six versus eighth debate, uh, where they had blindsided me two against one, and we uh, recruited a stalwart ally amongst our enemies, and we somehow swung that entire debate. And I'm gonna say, sure, yeah, that's why. It's not because I'm shit at planning. It's no, the only it's reason the, why. It's spelled quarantine. <laughs> you had to scrub the eighth at out of me. Yeah, you've been in the quarantine for six months or so, whatever it is. That was a great debate. It happened so fast as well. Like, uh, you were chatting a bit about like, oh, yeah, we should do some time. And then you're like, oh, here's the episode. And then I listen, and it was, it was terrific. It was great. You did a great job. One of these I days, I'm so actually going to listen to it. <laughs> you still have? Is it because no. you can't get through the two and a half hours of talking about the Vampire the Masquerade and like kids shows from the early 90s? No, that, that would actually be enjoyable. It's more of the hissing and uh, creaking and uh, stuff slamming in the background and people dropping out and stuff like that, you know? Listen, I'm super old. My body just does all of those sounds. You can just live with that. Age discrimination is a thing, you know? Ageism. You who are whopping like seven months older than me? <laughs> I think so, like six and a half. Yeah. Well, since we're still waiting for gents... Uh, I, me and Nicholas and Jimmy and everyone else just talked about Skaven for a while. And one of the ideas I had, which I actually got from Nicholas, is I'm going to paint around over, I think, 110 Skaven warriors. So the idea is to do them in blocks of roughly 20 or 30, depending on if I do fillers or not. And then I'm going to paint them in different colors so that I can have like dedicated Morris Warrior Company, some Sky Engineering Slave Companies, and of course the, oh shit, mind fart. Jimmy, what's the name of the Flesh Spits? Uh? The guys who do all the monsters. Oh, oh, uh, Skaven. Clan Mulder. Clan Mulder. Yeah. I want to do like some oppressed slaves with mutations for them as well. Here's some worries they rounded up. Should we actually mention to our dear listeners that your plan is that this yellow unit is slaves, this blue unit is stormworm, and this red unit is uh, clan rats? Something like that, yeah. This movement with the number sounds, two is yeah. 300 slaves. <laughs> 
I know. I also, Jimmy's I, just I, dying inside. I'm really also loving that you said that you wanted to make a more elite army so you didn't have to paint as many models and then you choose Skaven. <laughs> I got no, a great deal on no 150 more. Skavens. There's no more elite than Skaven. They have the things you need. Rattling so, gun. So, oh. while you're sitting there, should you mention how much you spent on those Skaven? Well, actually, so far, I think I've spent like 100 euros, all in all. And for that, I think I have like 8 or 12 HQ choices, 6 Giselles, 1... Are they called Poison poison Globe Grenadiers, Jimmy? You know, like the Mortar with a big po Poison Globe? Yeah, Globadiers. Or the Poison yeah, like... Mortar for, from... Yes, oh, oh, the you, Mortar. The weapon team one. Uh. Yeah, and 120 to 150 <laughs> Warriors and Slaves, uh, 6 Ogres... A bunch of like uh, huge rats. I think I can get make like twelve trays, uh, twenty storm vermin, and it was basically a guy who sold off his entire army for two hundred euros. So me and my good friend Jimmy Arlekans from SLG Wargaming in Gamla Stan, a pleasant area to play, commune, talk, grow, and enjoy yourself. Uh, so yeah, we shared that, and he basically took all the plague monks. I think maybe a lightning cannon or plague claw of catapult, a plague priest. And then he said, if you want the rest, you can have it. Because you already some, somehow, and he's a good player, Jimmy. The other Jimmy has, I think, over 100 Skaven Warriors. Wow. Well, the Play Claw light, Lightning Cannon is the same kit, so if there's the plastic one. Yeah, but I think one of them was built. If you want one, I probably have one laying around. Is it the old metal cannon? No, or Because I'm really plastic, in love with the one Jimmy had. The plastic multi-kit, if you oh, no? just, just want one. Yeah, 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 sure, man. Tell me what you want in exchange. So oh, it seems we'll that Jens out. has been... Yeah, we worked something out. Dark deal struck. It seems also, Jens has been detained by the dark fates. Yeah. And it's really, it's really nice that you probably have as many points of Skaven that I will have in Hives once my Shadow Warriors are painted. So about 205. Yeah, that checks out like 300 slaves, 200 yeah. points. Yep. Yeah. 300, 305 if I add the eagles. Yeah, but I think like Giselles and Ogres are fairly pricey for being Skaven. So, nah, I mean, they're hey. too cheap. Everything is too cheap. Yeah. Yeah, uh, guys. I'm gonna I'm gonna change the sh subject here for just a quickie. Uh, Nicholas, you're a staunch lover of uh, of the bearded ones in Sixth Edition. For sure. Yeah. And uh, have you noticed something about the engineer models compared to all the newer engineer models? Uh, that the old one doesn't have any guns? The old ones have shorter beards because it burns their beards. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that is all, true. All, all, the, all the new models have like long, long beards. And the, the old ones from 6th edition are like, yeah, it's, it's very short. Yeah, it's yeah. very like uh, stubby very, very, as well. Yeah, it's as the new invention that they got in seventh ed, which was asbestos beard oil. <laughs> I think they added the master rune of uh, fire on their beards. Now the, I uh, can't be hurt by the flames. The rune of the furnace, immune to flaming. I haven't played against dwarves in like I think the better part of two decades, but every time you guys talking about runes and cannons and smiths, I, like my right hand starts twitching into an angry fist, and <laughs> I just hear people saying "immune to fear, immune to psychology, stand and shoot, stand and shoot, dance macabre, you... dance macabre, raise more skeletons." Oh, my vampire rattle, lord! Rattle. <laughs> my vampire lord got this. Uh... Special power so that he automatically outnumber you. Now, 
to the astute listener, you might be noticing that ever since Christopher keeps talking about me winning with my vampire accounts, I haven't really been on the podcast a lot. Now, you might think that's a coincidence, but I'm here to tell you that. That's a coincidence. That's so, a quinkling. Yeah, that's a quinkling. <laughs> All right. Should we, since Jens is not God coming back. muting. <laughs> the, the, I, I'm just going to mention here. This time, I actually didn't mute him. He muted himself, which is quite a feat. So. Aha! You confess that you usually mute me in these things. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. All right. So let's yeah, move so on with well. the program, people. Yeah, I also want to make a shout out to Chris, who actually made a program, so we can keep on track in our wild ramblings here. Yeah. And, let's stick uh, to it. Yeah. The old one's great plan, but he's not the we, oldest one. We, as soon as uh, Jens is back, we're going to talk to him about his hobby. But uh, for now, we're going to move forward on the plan. And uh, that is pretty much the state of the podcast going forward and why Krell won't be on it. The right? fuck? It has nothing to do with muting. <laughs> my, my agenda says, let, let's talk about Warhammer, the old world. Uh, and apparently we're talking about the Ides of March and base treachery. <laughs> No, but you actually have an excuse for not being able to attend most of the coming recordings unless we yeah, might yeah, make it work. Yeah, yeah. So I just wanted to give you an option. No, no, you're right. No, you're right. I should probably tell you that uh, I'm expecting my second child with my amazing wife, who is very tolerant and kind. So I might not be able to participate uh, for a while. Uh, I hope you guys will make do, but I'm pretty sure you will because there are five of us and you all contribute something great so i feel exceedingly safe and as soon as we can get some time i will be back let let me correct you there there there's five of us and we still have a hard time getting enough people to record the stuff yep that's just nature of things yeah but uh we obviously we're gonna miss having the opportunity to have you on but we are going to plan recordings where you can participate where you will participate because some of them actually require your special kind of knowledge. Uh, by which we mean like smarmy witticisms and just uh, coy literary illusions that nobody else gets. Exactly that. Yeah, something like that. No, but seriously, I will be on as much as I can because recording these sessions is super funny. We started out with a vision a couple of years back, just talking about having a fancy podcast. And a lot of things have changed. And I'm not talking about, you know, our lives, like, oh, we've grown and expanded. No, fuck that. I mean that Warhammer Fantasy has grown and become better and outdoor tournaments again. And everybody's hanging out and having fun. And now GW's actually seen the community, acknowledge it, like you guys talked about in the previous ep, and it's coming back. Uh, so going forward for both the Visionary Podcast and the future, there's exciting times ahead for everyone. We've also learned something about the community, and that is that a Sonic meme is the most important thing to like on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. funny, actually. Yeah, yeah. Jimmy. 786 uh, like yeah. at time of recording. Yeah, for, for everyone who don't know, it's like uh, we, we have this small like competition within the podcast, and uh, <laughs> it's been going back and forth, back and forth, and now the Sonic meme has taken it by storm. Yeah. Quite a lot. It's about yeah. going back and forth between the four of you guys. I usually get stuck at a most 100 likes. So I say, hail the Sonic meme, our new lord and sovereign. It goes back and yeah. forth between Jimmy and Nicholas, who actually post regularly, I should say. <laughs> yeah. The, the worst part is that Jimmy usually wins it when he posts, uh, well, like one picture for every three pictures I post. And then like that the fourth one, 
just barely catches on to Jimmy, and I'm like, ha, fuck <laughs> you, Jimmy, the greatest person in, in the your world. face. Yeah, it's 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 much like I told you when you posted your dwarf army, which took the lead last time. Your victory is gonna be short. And then Sonic is swoop past, mother. Ugh. Well, he is really fast. Sonic can never be beat by the past. He is gotta, Sonic gotta, the Hedgehog. Gotta go faster. Yeah, it's it funny. You posted that like right before the announcement that Final Fantasy was coming. Yeah, back. I know. I know. Yeah, it's great. So I'm not saying that Jimmy is to thank for Warhammer Fantasy Battles coming back. I'm saying that the meme is. So hail Sonic. <laughs> and if you have a fa- Warhammer Fantasy themed Sonic tattoo uh, in a suitable, you know, okay place, please send us pictures. We might post it. Oh, we're definitely going to post it. Speaking of, why don't we just. Uh start talking on the next subject while we wait for Jens yeah. anyway. Which is what we're basically talking about, and that's Ghosts of Warhammer Future. Warmer, the old world. So, anyone got any hopes for this? Any ideas? Yeah, my, my hopes are that you don't need ridiculously huge armies and units to play it. It's like... So no requirement please, of please. 25 plus of everything? Yeah, yeah. Please, please, I mean, 8th edition might be a stable game and all in, in some senses, except for magic. Uh, but I don't like having 40 plus of guys just to make a, a formidable unit. Oh, and like yeah. Niklas said uh, the other day, please make leadership viable again. Yeah, make it matter. Fucking BSB is just... Yeah. BSB shits here and there's steadfast here. It's like, no, oh God, no, it doesn't matter. <laughs> well, actually, I mean, looking at it from a pure business perspective, which is the one thing I can do consistently and try to contribute, I think saying it's going to be a low model count might be, it's not out in the stars. That's actually pretty possible because it would be a way to get people into the game like they've done with Necromunda, Warcry, and similar games. However, I do think what we should expect is definitely new sculpts. Uh, since yeah. once again we come upon the crew that people have played Warhammer Fantasy Battles, and this is something they consistently faced in 7th, 8th edition, already have fairly large armies. So reissuing an old army who hasn't received any updates for Age of Sigmar would be a viable way forward. And two immediate armies that spring to mind, of course, for me is reissuing Britonia, reissuing Tomb Kings, who have not been updated for the new books of Age of Sigmar. So if they actually made a starter kit with those two armies, I think they could do a low model count because you can go fairly priced with both Tomb Kings and Bretonia. I mean, albeit mainly for Bretonia. But that would be a way to get people into the game, introduce a new rule set, and also have a living sort of rule set, which they've done with Necromunda quite successfully under the leadership of Andy Hoare. And sometimes you get a good feedback from the community on what people think. But I do think we are going to fa- see like things, staple wares from AFET, like Battle Standard Bearers, uh, magic that's gonna remain, but I think a low mall count is not impossible. That's just did. Did you me. rehearse the speech? No, I just winged it. It, it, it <laughs> sounded funny. very eloquent. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, yes. I mean, you have met me. This is what happens yeah. when you live in a capital, and I don't have to, like fend myself against crazed city foxes and you, you insane to, uh, raccoon hobos. Do mock speeches and then and then listen back to yourself and try and improve it. Did it sound that weird? No, well, I mean, in and of itself, if you look at a business perspective, the challenge going forward with Warhammer Fantasy from Age of Sigmar was they wanted people to buy more models, but yeah. they'd hit a peak at how large you can make an army. Yeah, so also, reintroducing new armies are changing. Or... Yeah. So you need Actually, fewer want... models to play the game to start with, because that was like the big problem yeah. at the end of Fantasy. 
And I wanted to spouse something that I know you guys have discussed in my absence, but also something that some of, and I have to begrudgingly give some compliment to Rennie Bird of the Electric Counts, putting the game in an earlier time age, like the Age of Heroes, or like you guys, like you guys said, the War of the Beard, <laughs> would be a good way of having newer sculpts, different characters, different sets, and reissuing entire armies from a different time period. Do you guys think yeah. that's probable? Yeah, Magnus Pius, baby. That's what I want. I think there should really just be a book which is uh, the battle, the first battle against chaos. So it's awesome high elves ver or elves at that point because there weren't no distinction, and and the chaos demons of all sorts. Nothing else. That would be a really fair and balanced game and interesting for no that one except cool... those who chaos or elves. That would be a really cool board game. But I mean... yeah, isn't that like chaos in the old world? That's a board game, right? Is that the same thing or? I think that's set in the modern age, isn't it? I don't know. No way. I'm going to lean like heavily here, both on Nicholas, <laughs> Jimmy, and Chris, mostly because I'm a pretty, you know, rotund fellow. So my weight needs girthing on three pillars, like the walkers from World Worlds. You're a but pretty light you guys... We know that. Like... <laughs> Only in drinking. Do you guys think that if they did put it, say, 100 years before, like the Vampire Wars, would it be due cause to redo all the armies? Like, would there be different elf armies, different dwarf technology? I mean, the Skaven aren't really a thing yet, are they, Jimmy? A hundred no, years ago, they, they were. They are uh, still a thing. It's like it. It depends on uh, which year. It's like if if it's if if you th you're thinking a hundred years before the 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 past uh, games, it's like gonna be two thousand four hundred something. And uh, all units are still viable then, except for the ones released in uh, in end times. Yeah. So even Sk in the... Skaven have all their weird stuff. Yeah, and even the Magnus Pius age, 200 years before the current time match, the Empire still has gunpowder. But wasn't Skaven, yeah. like the the rat killer emperor, wasn't that like 1500 or something? It's was, it was wild. Yeah, after. I think so. I think so. I'd like to see that because the rat killer Empire, emperor is like one of those peers that's really divisive, depending on what codex you read. If you're the Skaven one, it's obviously that disgusting age of the perfidious men-men thing, kill. And if you read like the Empire part is like, and then it turned out that these rat shits were actually real and we murdered a million of them and we promptly forgot everything about them. Then we They're found tiny footprints men. looking like feet claws robbing our museum. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be cool if they did another uh time. I think though, like if they bring it back, they kinda have to include the Empire. The Empire is just so iconic for Warhammer the old world. What they could do is to basically just release a core rule book and then uh, like campaign books for different settings if they want to because then you can play yeah. whatever you want in yeah that's setting a really good idea yeah just like give you the rules and a basic premise i read a post the other day with someone just really swinging wild uh, having a request that maybe now now we can finally get a cafe or araby army do you guys think that sounds probable at all I think I'm not it's sure a... it's it's like warm fantasy have always been centered around the old world and uh, those factions are very rarely, if ever, present there. Yeah, and if they would bring back, they would have to do a new sculpt for like all the factions. It would seem a bit of a sidetrack to do Cathay for that. Especially at the start, when everyone wants uh, their old favorites back. The factions that people actually already have armies for, in most cases. I could definitely see it in the future. Like if they bring back everything and they update all the sculpts and then they make like a campaign book, uh, like the the Far East, like they did a little Lustra campaign book. 
or yeah. a uh, combined Bretonia and uh, Araby, like one of the errantry wars, or yeah. the invasion of uh, the border princes by Araby or by Setra, basically. You can include a lot of them in that setting. Yeah, it's, it's hard to say because the I mean, there's so much in the background of the old world, so you could do a lot of interesting settings. But I, I really put my money on that they will include the Empire and then it will have to be fairly modern age. Either Magnus and Pius or Carl Franz because how can you have fantasy without those puff sleeves bastards? And also I think that the starter box, or my, my theory is that there will be several starter boxes, kind of like they've been doing recently, which is like several starter boxes for 40k. They have like Dark Eller and LR, and then they have one with Space Wolves and Tyranids. I think they will have several starter boxes. It would be a great way to release uh, like core troops for a lot of factions and make it worthwhile. And I think the first one will be Empire versus Orcs. That's my, my bet. A lot, of the, pass. a lot of those boxes have been a bunch of old models with like one new character or something though so it might be hard to do if they don't have a yeah, yeah you could also do that you could also use reuse some of the old models that are still good like the Lothran Seaguard of those models is to maybe yeah. package some new elves in it versus another faction it'd be great or the ones that they still produce like uh, part of the Empire line or Dark Elf line they could just uh, use those yeah. and uh, add a character or so what do you guys think about the cynical option? Because I've seen some people, and it must be said, sometimes in a cynical or derisive manner, they've said, oh, what they're going to do is they're going to bring back starter boxes with the large swathes they cut from the existing ranges. You know, like the high elves got pretty well trimmed down, uh, the dwarves as well. Do you think they're going to put out re reissued starter boxes and put in the cast that they removed from the homepage on a last chance to buy? No. It wouldn't be the first time, I think, that I, people have talked about it. Because every time something is discontinued, they're just going to fear that it comes back. But a lot of those uh, models were in need of an upgrade. So. Yeah, like the models that remain are pretty recent sculpts, relatively recent sculpts. It would be a great chance to just make some new sculpts of the, the core like, units. Like a new high elf core box with spearmen that can be upgraded to archers or load and seaguard in the style of the load and seaguard minis from island of blood that would be a great box yeah what, what? You, you don't like don't you don't you want cancer handed elves i got loads of them i'm not even going to use them in my army i'm going to use the third party skulls because those models are so hideous <laughs> exactly because the gw models are awful yeah, I think like like that would be a perfect example. You put some Lothran Seaguard in a box and then a couple of new units. It'd be a perfect way to sell new models mm. and also just sell both. Yeah. I yeah. I do hope they don't try to invent way too many new units. It's like uh like like the whole flying uh, ghost throne for the vampire counts. Yeah. That's that's way too <laughs> new. We've always had it. No, there's no no mention of it ever. Except yeah, the I joke about book. that. You remember yeah, how I joke yeah, about yeah, that? Yeah, I know. And I know. like the floating vampire throne. How people just, oh, I love the best argument I've heard since. Because someone told me when we played AFED at club. Someone like, 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 well, the reason they don't mention the huge floating ghost throne or the, the huge launching vampire women on the fountain of blood is because the Empire sees it so much they never felt about writing it down. I'm like, wait, so you're telling me people have huge floating spaceships almost made out of ghosts carrying them to battle. 
and your explanation is they've seen crazy shit, so they don't even bother writing it down. But simultaneously, <laughs> you're telling me that they wrote down the name of 25 different vampire guys they killed. But is on that the other hand, logic? This is the this is the empire that refuses to acknowledge publicly the existence of Skaven that basically lives in every part of the empire. Yeah, which this, which the elves say are, exist, the dwarfs say they exist, the Tylians swear they exist. Yeah, but that's not too surprising, really. Yeah, but are no one... talking about the Tylerat, man. Why yes, I saw fifteen <laughs> in my basement just the other day. I just have to say that the most important thing that the genomes can do for re-releasing Warhammer is a proper re-sculpt of the Executioner kit from 6th edition. Because I'm surprised they never got an update with with those horrible swords that are just fall, fall apart because their attachment point is so small on metal. But the models are brilliant. They are beautiful. And they never. Let me tell you. Let me tell you about vampire count zombies, Chris. Let they me tell you about ever. zombies. <laughs> Who cares about zombies? The executioners need a proper updated kit because they haven't had one since like 2002. There's been one zombie kit since '96. Yeah, one. and they still they still look okay. No, you're telling me they look <laughs> the same. They haven't got worse. That's the one thing. Do you know how bad they look? I know. It's kind of uh, like the the, uh, the Marauders. <laughs> the mar- Marauders have the same oh, problem. God. Oh, yeah, Marauders really need an updated kit, but the Executioners, they did, They should have gotten a kit in 8th uh, edition, but they never did. Or so you claim. They never did, because those are not Executioners. <laughs> <laughs> that's, something, that's one of the worst kits ever made. Well, I mean, the same thing could be said for God Runners and Night Runners, right, Jimmy? Yeah. They have one kit. And what I see people use their gut runners for is mainly just converting Skaven slaves with slings. It's this a tragedy. That's why you get all metal armies. Just beautiful sculpts everywhere. Well, the plastic Shadow Wars are better than the metal ones. And if anyone wants to disagree with Chris on that on the air, say someone from Australia, uh, feel free to dial in and challenge him to a cognitive debate about it. They have been invited, but they never show up when you set a time for them. Just, they just say, oh, it's the middle of the night. Oh, it's like four in the morning. Oh, I have to go to work. You know, oh, the are excuse, we excuses, like, excuses, excuses. Are we going to like Don King public shame them? We have invited the so-called elector counts, we, yet they do not dare cross gloves. <laughs> do, we, do we really need to publicly shame them? Don't they do that pretty well on, the, on their own? Oh, shit. So, what are your greatest fears for the next edition of Warhammer? It's just going to be 8th edition, straight up. (laughs) Fair enough. I mean, a reissuing of any previous edition, regardless of which one. And Nicholas is 8th, but I'm going to hedge my bets and say 7th, because they're never going to redo it. If they simply took 7th edition, rebound it, reissued some figures, and published a new book, you know, two teams, 7th ed book, I would probably buy it anyway, just for the armies. But it would not be a good way to foster loyalty and community within this community of dedicated Warhammer fans players in just rehashing something old. That being said, I think we did discuss vaguely before that if they took a edition and did some slight refinements, just to make sure that the out of control things are managed. But again, I think to some extent GW themselves realized that there was a problem both with the competitive scene and the casual playing towards the end of a edition, which you can see in some of the later books from Forge World. Tomarkan being a great example. I mean, 
it's hard to play the Chaos Dwarves well, but if you do it, it's what Nicholas and the young people apparently call a ruffle stomp, which I infer is a bad thing. Uh, but again, if you look at that, as well as I think it's called the Blood of Sigmar Vampire Wars book, they did try to self-censor and edit a bit later on. But there are some inherent difficulties in making sure that 8th edition is balanced, enjoyable, and can actually keep a reasonable model count. Yeah, but I think a lot of us also have a fear that uh, the entire next edition will be like finding a one of the actually printed copies of uh, Ninth Age rules and just scratching out the, the Ninth Age and writing in Warhammer on it. That's that, a fear. That would actually be even worse than just being 8th edition for me. Yeah, that I is see... actually a, a fear of mine that I just want to do it like that and just listening to the pure tournament part of the community and just making a pure tournament game instead of a game for everyone to enjoy. I'm just thinking also, like, if it's just 8th edition. It's not that I hate 8th edition that much. It's just it would be the most disappointing thing that I can imagine. That it would just, like, use an old rule system that's already been around for people to play it for so long, and then just have the same thing, and then I bet a, a bunch of 6th edition players would ditch it to play the new edition, even though it's the same thing. And then people would just get bored with it, because it's the same thing. So I hope it's different enough from the 8th edition rule set, but still feeling like warmer. Yeah, I, I hope all armies will be viable. It's like, when you play 8th edition Orcs and Goblins, you will always have, like, 40 Savage Orc big guns with a Black Orc in the unit, and some babysitting Night Goblin units of 20 guys stra strong each, with 3 fanatics on the flanks. It's like, all armies looks the same. It's when you hear the the words auto and include in a optimized discussion. build. Yeah, optimized when you start build. These, that's uh, when you've probably lost the game. Yeah. Yeah, I just hope they go in with the with the same attitude as when they made sixth edition. Like, oh yeah, we have this great game, it's great background, and now we just gotta bring it all in and just make things balanced and make the system work properly, not have OP heroes and yeah, still and call heroes. Just like Try and make everything a bit toned down and just make everything work smoothly. Yeah, and I don't mind if if they give the game the same kind of support which they give uh, 40k and Age of Sigmar now. Like, once a year they get a new book which updates rules and, uh, and points and everything just to make the game more alive. I mean, you, you can't make it perfect from the start. We all know that. Except for Unless the tradition. Except for the... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just just make him do the game, and all will be good. That would be my greatest dream. Um, so basically, we could sum this up with a new 6th edition would be great, as long as not 8th or 9th edition. Make it balanced and fair and a good rule set. And worst comes to worst, release good models that we can use for playing our own favorite personal favorite editions. Yeah, and I mean, yeah. even for the 8th edition, because I've... I'm sorry, Nicholas. I've uh, strayed and been a bit 8th edition curious because it's what's most commonly played around the clubs where I live. And most people I and play with... And then we lost Krell. Yeah. No, they're super friendly and they're kind. But like you guys say, I, when I started playing 8th edition, I sort of had to hedge on them being kind because otherwise I would have get beaten in that game. If they hadn't intentionally restricted themselves from playing the way they usually do... I would have lost and lost hard. So I feel the community is going to be welcoming and kind regardless of what kind of game we get. But simultaneously, it would be nice if we could get a game that's fairly balanced to the extent that it's possible with a new release. And we really, have, really, really have to hope for 
that the story is good again and not some uh, lathe aethed end times bullshit slash lathe Bring- six said uh, retcon of uh, storm of chaos going into seventh ed Bring back Belacor. When our chaos might ruin the empire and the old world, a rift in the time was opened up, and there was now a second timeline. That's gonna be it. And then a blue block, a... blue box appeared, and uh... I thought that was like an oblique Samurai Jack reference. The foolish samurai tried to cross swords with me, Aku. No one knows nope. what you're talking about. No one. No one, no one saw Samurai Jack. <laughs> I did. No one. I've seen Samurai Jack. And I Thanks. and I just in in my head I saw saw like Carl Franz no no Valton versus <laughs> Archaeon in the animation style of Samurai Jack. It's just like, yeah, this is this could work. I think we, we should, should we should pay Gandhi Tarkovsky, just see what he takes. I think he'd be up to it. <laughs> he seems like a cool dude. He made a Powerpuff Girls. And while we're adding stuff in, there's a, a rift open up and Daleks and a baby Yoda comes through. Because baby Yoda is the most popular thing at the moment. Yeah. But not as you popular want... as Sonic. <laughs> Sonic. No, I know. But uh, that might be me failing to make proper memes as well. Intentionally. You because they're not supposed to be funny. You may call me Meme Lord. No. <laughs> you have to the fight uh, Rene for Arnold. the title. So, in the next episode, Rene and Jimmy fight for the title of Meme Lord. Let's move on, given that uh, Jens isn't coming back. It looks like he's trying to raise his family and be a dedicated father. (laughs) (laughs) He's he's doing the proper thing, but shh. None of you you knows the trial of listening to Bob Lana hour in and hour out for two days in a straight, so you know, (laughs) cut the man some slack. Now, Christopher's going to make an announcement. So this is point three on the list, dude. Yeah, point three on the list, which is our Lord Hero character conversion competition, which we've internally been talking about for about two months, but never really just posted or announced or whatever. And uh, this is a little conversion challenge for a Lord or Hero, obviously, due to the title of the challenge. But what kind of Lord or Hero is up to you? Yeah, free free reigns on which kind of lord or hero character you want to use, in which edition you want to use. So if you want to make a third edition hero, feel free to it to do it. Yeah, and if you want to do a Mordheim hero, do it. They're heroes, yeah. man. They're heroes. Yeah. Or if you want to make a star player for Blood Bowl, eh, why not? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All, all this is is basically an encouragement to convert something really cool and share it with us and the community. And the requirements is one get the hero that you want to make two post that hero to us so we know that you started it three completed in the time window requirement that we provided and four jimmy please mention a time window um when more slide is higher than month slide well so uh, the, the a, month, february. a month yeah the end of february and if you're sitting at home like oh why are these oh why are these crazy sweets say in a month i mean that's almost one and a half month we it's just want to tell you in sweden it's, it's nothing more than gets two. Done. Yeah. It's more than two months yeah but not for us in sweden because you see we get drunk every christmas table and we eat a lot of christmas food yeah so basically this month is scrapped january is scrapped then we start yeah it's like yeah january is January, we added, more like yes, uh, hangover month. Yeah, we had yeah. to invent kebab pizza, 
which is just as crazy as fucking sounds to make it through <laughs> January and the winter. So we won't be judged by y'all with your fancy food and clothing and raiments. We're just bringing Niklas home, giving us a kebab pizza, giving that dude some Ian Bash Drücke Jubelmost, and fatten him up, and then send him back to whatever Mad Max dystopia you guys are inventing in the UK. So, yeah. To be fair, February. the kebab pizza isn't the worst these days. It's uh, like those uh, the kebab calzone. Basically, uh, keb- <laughs> you know, you know what's worse? The Skrovemål. Oh, yeah. The Kalskrove. <laughs> That's a nice one. Yeah. No, Kalskrove, no, 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 no. Kalskrove is like a hamburger, like a big burger with the fries and everything baked into a pizza dough. That's a yeah. fry. Yeah. But it's not as bad as pizza with pineapple on it. That's delicious. I mean, I mean, no, no, it isn't. And there we go. There we mute uh, Jimmy. Just kidding, but he's wrong. So this challenge will take go from since this is released on the day before Christmas because this is an opposite well. Whoa! Uh, the challenge would actually start on uh, January the first and run until the last day of February, and you have to send in a f- photo when you start and preferably send in or tag us in uh, progress photos on Instagram or Facebook so we can just see what you're doing. Oh, and... we need we need to invent a hashtag for this one. Yeah, but the hashtag will be on the little note that goes up on Facebook yeah. once it started. So we actually, we are really prepared since we haven't really done a hashtag yet. You just have to make a unique hashtag so it doesn't happen to be something else as well. Yeah, yeah make a hashtag. Hi, if you do want to, yeah. go, go ahead. If you want to tag on Instagram, which is obviously, you know, the photo publishing site of choice for many nowadays, uh, don't forget to tag the podcast and do feel free to tag Jimmy's Instagram account as well. I haven't asked Jimmy about it, so I'm just throwing it out here. Jimmy, do you want to say what your Instagram account is? The the Phoenician, and it's spelled wrong because the proper one was taken already. The proper one is taken by at least 18 different uh, number combinations at the end as well. Yeah, yeah. We can add it to our show post later. Yeah, it's in the, the show notes. All of our that have been agreed for publication are in the show notes. Yeah. So this uh, kind of links in well with uh, our uh, next topic as well. Which uh, is, can I take it? Uh, this is, yeah, this is one with, which uh, Tim suggested to us in our last episode that me and Nicholas recorded. Yes. So basically, Tim, thank you, suggested to Chris and Nicholas an episode I wasn't in. Uh, the idea was that we are going to start up a monthly painting challenge for year of 2020. It's going to be a month-to-month challenge where we have clearly set rules and establishments, both requirements and what we're expecting to be eligible to participate, where we want you guys, our listeners, to create one full unit, and the sort of unit will be specified by us in advance, and we will then uh, look at them and uh, nominate a winner. And the first category, dramatic drum roll for the year of 2020, will be core choices. So I, th- I thought we said skinks. <laughs> No, back in your cave. <laughs> None of that. Skinks. <laughs> I just proxied them from the Museum of Natural Sciences, like God intended. Thank you very much. No, uh, full core choices. So if it says minimum of 10, we want you to do a minimum of 10. If it says minimum of five, you need to do a minimum of five to be eligible to participate. It needs to be fully painted. <clears throat> We're not going to say like minimum three colors. When you feel that you have completed this unit, it is completed. We trust your judgment. It needs to be based. 
and yeah, paint it. And we will encourage you to paint to the best of your ability, but it's your ability, not anyone else's ability. Remember that? And this is a chance to grow. Like I've said before, when we started this T-Rex, <laughs> when we started this T-Rex painting contest, I mean podcast, uh, I was not as good as painting as I am now, and I'm not as good as anyone else this podcast. But looking at their stuff and getting some honest, genuine feedback has allowed me to improve as a painter. So that's how I see this, comp this competition as well. Post a unit that you have finished, and we'll discuss it, and we'll talk about the cool stuff in it. Yes, and as opposed to the previous challenge, uh, this one will be like an honorary thing. The Lord and Hero character conversion competition will actually have a prize, but that will be announced later when we've discussed it again. Because we have discussed it, we that doesn't mean we remember what we've actually done. But the monthly painting competition the challenge will run month to month and is wholly intended to encourage people to get their stuff painted, nothing else, but showing off uh, what you've painted and looking at what people, other people are painting in this time might just inspire you and not at all just in, intended to inspire me to actually paint stuff, honest. Whatever gets results, I mean, just we are we are a community of players and painters, and if we can help each other, encourage one another, just for having these competitions, we think it's a great we think it's a great suggestion. So again, thank you, Tim. We love getting Indeed. the feedback from our listeners. Indeed. So keep sending them in. We do read everything we get, and as proven by me, sometimes it might take some time for us to respond, but we read every email we get. So thank you again. Also, I know I mentioned this to Tim in an email, but. I want to say, I am totally intending to steal your conversion ideas for this Plastic Swords Monsters. This is going to be more obvious when I actually post my conversions. So, shall we move on to some uh, Star Wars spoilers, Jimmy? Yes, no one was hurt, everyone died. The end. And uh, the true identity of Darth Tyrannus was revealed, wasn't it? Uh, Jar Jar, Jar, Jar Binks was back? Yeah, 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 uh, Jar Jar Binks is back. And he's the actual Darth Tyrannus and not Count Dooku? Yeah, I think my favorite part was when they killed Kylo Ren, and you could hear like the shadow say, "So you a defeat my apprentice now, so you a face me." That was like the best part. I got literal goosebumps, and the <laughs> fact that we got twenty minutes walkthrough of Darth Plagueis the Wise—that's like yes, the top notch. It was an him. excellent uh, song and dance routine that one. Ah, where's Nicholas? <laughs> Have you heard the tragedy of Darth Plagueis the Wise? As I said, do the song and dance routine. Yeah. <laughs> just sounds like Age of Sigmar to me. Woohoo! He's here. <laughs> uh, the next point is we have actually, speaking of feedback from the community, Raise a droid. <laughs> we have gotten some listener <laughs> questions. So yeah, You start off with reading this one. Do you want me to take the first one? I think yeah, I take, might take be the, the most ill -tuned. Take the first one that is a page of text. <laughs> That's a wall, from a wall smacked in the face. From Paul. I love this podcast. Thanks, Paul. We love hearing from you guys. I believe if it was for players like us who never lost hope and continued to play the older editions of Games Workshop, they would have never considered bringing back the old world. Thank you all, podcasts and listeners alike. I agree completely. Also, thanks to everyone else because <laughs> I did rage quit in 2015 and I did come back like last year. So thanks to everyone who kept the flame kept the hope burning, kept playing. Thank you to everyone. Now, that was actually for me, not Paul. Paul never quit. I'm not calling a quitter online. I'm calling myself quitter, Paul. Um, here. 
So, in anticipation of the return to the old world, do you think we will see an updated 8th edition, a Back to Basics 6th edition, or something entirely new and different? Do you also think we will see updated army books, including a vaunted return of Britonia? What, I'm, what I am personally also hoping for are new miniatures and possibly entirely new units for classic armies as well. Perhaps we'll finally see a full army of cafe. What are everyone else's thoughts and opinions? Now, I feel like I'm a dick because I hadn't read all of these questions, and I think we might have preempted that one and discussed it a bit exhaustively. But does anyone want to add to what we've said previously? It feels like we covered most of it. Yeah, yeah. It's like if if you ask me to to run it down, I hope they do a like a mix of sixth and eighth edition. Take the good parts of eighth edition and add it to sixth edition. And uh, I do hope. The Britonia and uh, all the lost armies are brought back to life. It would be fun to see armies like Cathay and Araby coming into the game, but I doubt we would see it in the beginning. But I do hope we will get Dogs of War back. Yes. Dogs of War would be a great way of just releasing random yeah. stuff, basically. Yeah, I mean, yeah. a remaking of Dogs of War with the new system they've put in case for like games like Horus Heresy or the expanded works for the Necromunda would be amazing just to see what they could utilize in the same framework to establish a new sort of book where you have a lot of leeway in creating it. Sorry, Em, I think we're going to say something. Yeah, and uh, I I actually want to correct myself uh, from what I said earlier regarding our us talking about the, the Flying Thrones. If they do add new units in a in a good way, like they do in Horus Heresy. I mean, they add new tanks, new units, which we've never heard of, but they do it so good. If they do that into in, into this new fantasy, I'm okay with new new units for the old classic armies. Ooh, Spectral Saber Tank. Dreaming by Ghost. Mariembergen and Landship version 2.0. Ooh. Isn't that just a Saber Tank? <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, I mean, Cafe is, and I didn't know about this until you guys told me, Cafe is such an odd bird because didn't they have an army of Warmaster? Or was that Araby? Who had like a fully finished I army? I think Araby they did. One. Yeah. I don't think Cathay had any any models though. I think maybe they had some ninjas in like second edition. They do have an ogre. Yeah, the ninja that's, ogre. That, that's the Nippon ogre, not the Cathay yeah. ogre. But they, it was uh, in this, or Eshin models. Some yeah. of them they're inspired by. But uh, and there's an entire subcontinent of Ind as well that could be explored if they want to. Actually, in front of me, I have the old Ogre Maneater from Araby. Maybe I should do something with it. All right. Yeah. I think we answered Paul's question now. Yeah. Now we're spinning off. I'm going to take the next one. I'm just going to do, a quick, read it just the... gonna do a quick one. And that is, if you want Jimmy to convert his Araby um, Maneater to something else, send us a message and we'll see what happens. Now, Nicholas, go on. Nicholas, can you read the next question from Robert in the voice of Robert Baratheon, the one king of Vestros from Game of Thrones? No oh, shit. No, I cannot. Because I, I can't hold the app open at the same time as using this app. So, Wait, can you do it in his uh, the same actor's voice from uh, The Full Monty? Mark Addy? Yeah. I, I cannot. I'm going to have to disappoint you. You guys do the voices. I'll just read these questions out. So this guy says that he is going to buy some dwarves in Resin. And I'm assuming that it's going to be Cyborg that do amazing dwarf characters. And he's basically asking if we have any tips for dealing with Resin models. I think all of us have tips dealing with Resin models. Because we all play Horse Heresy as well. Yeah. Watch them thoroughly. 
very yeah. thoroughly. Watched him thoroughly. Use a strong base coat. My, base coat properly. My top tip is that uh, resin is a very funny material. Like it's built up in a weird way when they mold it. And when you're cutting them with a very sharp knife and you're cutting away some kind of gate or whatever, uh, like with plastic, you have an even cut. Like when you apply pressure, you cut deeper and you cut more. With resin, it can change in the middle of the material. So if you're feeling that you're cutting away something first and then you, you get stuck against something and then you apply more pressure and then you might just snap and then you might cut yourself in your thumb so badly that you have to use Loctite super glue to, to glue it shut. Yeah, this has happened a few fair times. On, on another note, use super glue, don't use plastic glue because it won't work. And whenever you, build a, whenever you build a kit uh, roughly the size of a cavalry man or bigger, do yourself a favor, if it's multi-part, and get a super glue activator can. It's a rattle can of super glue activator, and you use that well, well ventilated, and you use it so you don't go mad. Otherwise, you're going to have super glue that slowly activates, that comes apart, and it's really going to drive you insane if you try to build something like a carriage or a dragon. Alternatively, watch a movie while you're doing it, because then you can actually hold it in place while you're while it's curing. It's a personal yeah, preference. Until you glue one. your thumb to your other finger. Another thing, get a couple of different uh, saws, because there are saw blades for uh, like exacto knives or scalpel uh, handles that you can use, which is better than using brute force to push a blade through the resin. Note, note, don't sniff the resin dust. It's not good for you. On the other hand, most dust isn't good for you, so that should come as a given. Yeah, uh, if you if you go the way of sanding, which again I don't usually recommend it, but if you do go the way of sanding your resin, which means using a belt sander or a hand sanding like rough paper, like coarse sandpaper, always and always use a mask. I had to study yes. a lot because I had a kid. But basically, eating resin itself, consuming it, licking it, whatever, the actual cancerogenous substances, and I don't know if I pronounced that correctly, cancerogenous, is not as negative to the total breakdown of your body as inhaling resin dust in the lungs. The buildup of resin dust in the respiratory system is not been neglected, so use a proper mask and do wet belting, which means that you have a wet piece of surface that attracts the majority of the dust. Also, Whatever you work with resin, make sure that you clean your workspace afterwards. Vacuum, wipe, whatever. Try to get rid of it as much as possible because you are going to find flakes of resin all over the place. Like Nicholas says, when you cut it, shit's going to fly. Just so you know. And with this, with the, the dust, uh, stuff in the Forge World resin dust isn't healthy for you. It's not as toxic as some other kinds of resin, though. But you shouldn't go out of your way to actually sniff no. it. But no, if you it, are, it gives if, you a terrible headache. Yeah, but and it also clogs up pores in your lungs, which all fine fine ground dust do, which reduces your lung capacity, which increases your risk of several lung lung problems in the future, including cancer. But uh, that and if you are the kind of person that uh, gets cheaper resin from other parts of the world, like Russia or China, and even some of the European companies, it might be more toxic depending on what kind of uh, activator and binder they're using in the resin. I'm going to sound like a terrible cliche when I save this, but remember that when you're saving money buying minis, the cost comes out of something. 
it that's like a classic HSC line we have to use at my work. And it doesn't mean that, oh, you know, it's a lot better because other companies use better standards. And what I'm telling you is that you can make resin with highly toxic components and you can produce it fairly easily, but you need to remember that when you work with it at home, treat it with seriousness. Yeah. Take care. So what we're saying, even though if you are using Fortwood resin, which is kind of okay, you shouldn't really just sniff up all of the dust because it's still dangerous. Yeah, it, it happens easier than you'd think. Like if you sand, you put your hand over a surface, you like pick your nose, you scratch your eye. Don't forget that ears and eyes are orifices as well. So you can actually get into your body that way. And now I think actually something we should also mention is you might need to gap fill. And I think Nicholas, everyone else except for me is better at explaining what gap filling is with resin. Yeah, so when you uh, glue two parts together, you might have a gap. Maybe the, the arm is shaped a bit like rounded at the top and then you glue it to the chest and then you'll have a small gap. So you'll need to get some green stuff and fill it in. I'm sure you know about that already because you usually have to do that with Games Workshop models or older Games Workshop models anyway. Yeah, and one more more thing. Remember that with the dust, I used to have to mention this, go back to that. Remember that you are probably... You might not be the only one in your household that could be affected by the dust. So if you have a pet or like partner or kids. Or an owl. Or an owl. Protect the owls. Yeah, if you have anything, anything or anyone else that can be affected by the dust, make sure to treat them the same way as you do yourself. You do yourself and maybe close the door and then, then hoover your hobby room or hobby area afterwards so your dog don't come in and just eat small piece of resin or your cat eats small piece of resin or your kid eats small piece of resin because it's not healthy for them either. No, they might put it in their mouth or like a pet or whatever. Always be very careful and respectful with resin. I think that pretty much covers that subject. Also, uh, working with resin is in some extent, I would say, easier than plastic because it's a lot more detailed. However, just be aware that the material can be a bit finicky and it's going to be different from working with plastic. And as we mentioned with that you have to clean it. If uh, you notice that there's a part of, even after cleaning, a part of your model that doesn't really take a primer or anything, try to clean it again and make sure you use some kind of uh, washing up liquid or in some kind, even sanding to just get rid of the surface because it might still be leaking or covered in the mold release. And if it, this is a continuous problem and you bought it from a reputable company, you probably can get it exchanged if it, because then it might be a pr- problem in the casting process and not uh, something you can actually do because then you, they have sent you a faulty product. Yeah, you can definitely tell that this group has dealt extensively with this material. We are resin hoarders. All right, uh, who's taking the next question? I can do it. And that this question is from our dear friend, Henry. And uh, he's asking us if uh, we're considering holding a memorial service following the savage destruction of Chad Hammer's illustrious leader. <laughs> so good. No, because a mortuary process would infer respect. And in this case, it was conquer, crush, and to complete takeover. Thusly, they are not behooven or beheld to any rituals. And with that said, we would like to thank the perfidious and treacherous sources prowess of Spence for supporting us and actually agreeing with us to some extent on <laughs> superiority of Sixed. Thank you, Spencer. Uh, the Tower of Safari is now yours and yours alone, as we have slain your other co-hosts per the agreement. We should also have to mention that actually it's not a good good thing to hold a memorial service for someone 
who is embracing his true destiny as a true champion of the light and a follower of Tyrion. So we should uh, probably move on to the next one because we said what we need to be, we need, that needs to be said. Yeah, just one yeah. last thing. Uh, we are going to have an annual debate about AFED versus SIXED, the highs and lows. But so why, they might get why, revenge. Why can't you just debate about how bad 7th edition is? That's no fun. That's not the debate. No, it is. That, it that's is. just an agreement. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because water's wet. Yeah, the sky is sky. So this is one is from Andrew. I'm just going to mention this one before we get bugged into this. And that is, what is the worst case scenario for GW's revival of the old world? And best case? Well, listen to about an hour ago in this discussion. Well, I'm, I'm going to say the worst case scenario is if you can't use your old armies at all. Oh, yeah. Like or, they or, change base sizes or oh, that just, just whatever. They just upgrade it from a 20 to a 22 mil minimum base size and 25 to 27 mil just to mess, mess with people. I, I'm pretty sure that it, the game will either be designed that everyone will have to buy a new army anyway, or everyone's going to buy a new army first place, and you can just use your old armies for yeah. the old game. Anyway, that I, I think probably 90% of people will either buy new armies because they want to or because they have to. Anyway. Yeah, and, and best case I mean, scenario, you can use your old armies. It, that would be great. Reviewing the business strategy utilized in the beginning when they launched Age of Sigmar, and particularly with 2.0's relaunch, what they've done is they've reissued the old teams, usually with a new limited edition special character or hero lord. For the later boxes actually reissued and defined, you have a completely new team alongside an old one. So I suppose one of the worst case scenarios would be if they took a stark swerve to the right and did something that we completely did not expect like the minimum unit size is 20 or uh, you can't have more than one HQ when they just run alongside units, something that would be like a mishmash of Warhammer Fantasy, Eighth Edition, Age of Sigmar and Warhammer 40K Eighth Edition, something that all of us are pretty disagreed on. And if they did that and it didn't work out and they just said, see, there is no market for Warhammer Fantasy battle game, that to me would be a worst case scenario. However, in this way that I think they're going to do right now, there is rife potential to actually do a green harvest of unlimited cash because a lot of people either put their Warhammer Fantasy armies aside or they now come to the point where they say, I want to start a new army regardless. So the cash incentive is on place. Yeah. Now, Joshua, which I believe might be Joshua Z, our good friend from Japan, or as it's said, what, what are they called in Warhammer Fantasy Battles, Jim? Is it Nippon? Yeah, Nippon. Our friend from Nippon says, what new projects are you guys planning to do for 2020? Well, myself, I'm going to do my Skaven. Nicholas, what are you aiming to? Well, at least the Chaos. That's. I, I was thinking like, oh, I already have two armies, so I don't want to do too much. And then I just happened upon a Chaos army. So at least a Chaos army, but then I probably won't be able to contain myself for another one. So I don't know. Chaos plus mystery. How about you, Jimmy? Well, I'm actually going to start with the Middenheim army and uh, eventually do a normal Empire army, also from Middenheim. I, I, so this year, 2019, was 20 years ago since Mordheim, and you were all about Mordheim. Yeah. This yeah. year that's coming is 20 years ago since 6th edition dropped, and I want to see you fucking crush armies, Jimmy. I want to see no, you in mass production. I, I'm, no. No. So, yes. <laughs> 
I want to see his attention fully diverted to Warhammer Fantasy. I want to see those amazing armies. <laughs> you know that's not going to happen. You, I can't. Need... I can't leave my mistress. I can't. Yeah, you do. That's literally what they do in all the books. You find a new one, one that's younger and more attentive and more interesting. I.e., Warhammer Fantasy Battle Sixth Edition. We're just gonna have to impose <laughs> a rule. Like you have to do two thousand points of fantasy before you can do another Mordheim Warband. So I'm just gonna paint two Zacharias the Ever Living. <laughs> <laughs> two Zacharias a month. Don't yeah. you really just have to paint like one point eight Zacharias the Ever Living to? Get to the amount of points needed for two thousand points. Maybe it costs more than a thousand points. So twenty twenty one, Jimmy will have twenty Zacharias ever living. And you know, what about it. you, Chris? What about you, Chris? Um, yeah, about that, I might paint something. I'm still working on my high elves, and I got about five k or something to paint. There you go. I want to see some high elves, and at some point in the distant future, I want to see some slayers done. Yeah. I might not actually have to might not actually paint all of the hives before I paint slayers because I might need a bit of change and just paint flesh for a while, which would be lovely. Yeah. Yeah, I want to see you try out the contrast paints on the slayers. There are contrast paints on my reavers. I care about no knife ears. But then, as I said, the contrast paints, the, the flesh tones will be probably be very, very good for the slayers. At least to get the base layers done and then just highlight them, maybe shade them a bit. Yeah, I can actually attribute to that. I think if you want one of the darker colors, you can either have Fire Slayer Flesh, which is one they did like exclusive for Scorched Humans, Don't or Darker that Flesh. Name in this house. <laughs> well, it's like the strange dish they have at Warhammer World. It's something. If you want like a paler one, then Gilliman Flesh is pretty good. I'm using Gilliman Flesh with some Reichland Flesh Shade for uh, my Skaven that I've done. So it works out but, pretty well, uh, actually. I would probably go for the Fire Slay one with highlights because dwarves burn in sunlight because they are subterranean. But when they are roaming the countryside, they're basically naked in the stark sun. So they should be a bit, uh, a bit uh, ruddy and reddish in the skin tone. Yeah, definitely. Oh, and uh, I might actually just do some one-offs just for painting and practicing as well. But that's... Not really army projects, are is it? No. Also, here's a question for you guys to play more games. From Guido, what kind of scenario do you guys enjoy the most, the least, and why? Currently, any kind, since I don't play enough. Uh, I think that like the pitch battle is... I know Jimmy hates playing the standard scenario. But I think it's, it's a really good just standard scenario for any game. Like the best standard scenario for any game I've played, actually. Like it's it's very straightforward, but it works really well. And it's always an entertaining game. It's The pitch battle is really good if you're also not planning the battle in that much in advance and just rocking up and, hey, I'm going to play this battle with you. And uh, we don't really want to tailor our army lists or anything. Yeah, because there's a lot of ways of winning the, the scenario. Yeah. Also, I think most, if not all, scenarios that are from all of the different books and the General's Companion and, Companion and stuff, they're fun and they got their places. Like even just like the Watchtower scenario from the General's Companion is great because you play with like 10 to 15 models and a Watchtower. Yeah. Yeah. Some skirmish games are also great. I really want to play some more of that next year and do some narrative scenarios leading up to another scenario. And it's just a lot of ways to play 6th edition as well. Like you got skirmish, uh, warband, combat patrol, and then regular missions. Yeah. 
And then you have the larger ones if you play, like, uh, well, you could play basically the large, not as large as you want, but uh, why not try all of them out, really? Yeah. And also, I just want to say that, like, the skirmish missions, they may not always be very balanced, but they are a lot of fun, and you will remember them for a long time. I still remember the games that I played against Jimmy last year, like the assault on the caravan, the scouts that found the night goblins that had to run away, and I got massacred, totally massacred, but I remember, like, every turn of each of those games. They're very entertaining. Then we have sieges. There was also yes. fun, but I wouldn't want to play one every time I played a game, so to speak. And that is true with yeah. basically any scenario. <laughs> yeah, uh, Pitch Battle you can play like endlessly, I think. But like those special scenarios, they add so much flavor and they're so fun. But as you say, like you, you could play them once in a while and that will be enough. We're, we're, yeah. Guys, guys, where, where are we at? We're talking about different scenarios and how fun sieges are. Oh, we've yeah. also we've also all, we already mentioned that you love pitched battles. Yes, I love them so much. Yes, and I love that that out to include hill on each side and a weird line of sight block thing in the middle and a forest everything, in the middle. Everything of should each be side. it should always be mirror terrain and nothing else. Yes, I love that kind of game. Yeah. What we've basically been saying is that every scenario is okay and can be fun as long as it's not the only scenario play all the time. Yeah. Yeah, can I ask you guys a question? What do you think about battles in like densely forested terrain? Because I played Vampire, no, I played Beastmen and Vamp Warriors of Chaos versus Skaven in a very heavily wooded area, and it was surprisingly fun. Yeah, what do you guys think about those? My, my, my first question is Was this 8th edition? It was actually, yes. Yeah, yeah, and eighth edition. No, no. Yeah, and and eighth edition is like they're super easy with the rules regarding forests and everything. You can, you can walk through a forest without losing a game. In sixth edition, it's like you can you walk at half speed and you can't march. And then you happen to play against wood elves, and then the forests attack yeah. you, and everything can move yeah. through the forests. Or you play dwarves, and the woods attack you. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. I, I want to try playing more in woods. I think it's really cool. Uh, especially, I think like, in 6th edition, if you get, get, go in there with like a regular re regiment, you're going to get screwed. If you go in there with cavalry, you're fucked. Uh, but if you have units that can deal with it, I think it'll be a lot of fun playing in woods. Like centigors. Yeah. Yeah. Any uh, beastman. Also, on the subject of uh, densely covered boards, there, uh, there are great rules in the Genos Compendium for 6th edition for playing a city fight after you breach the walls where you're playing in the streets of a town. So Yeah, me and Jimmy were going to play that last year, but then we played the Siege and we were both fucking knackered, so they didn't do it. Yeah, yeah. but that, that's also a great way of just spicing it up and using more terrain, using every terrain piece you have if you want to. Yeah, I mean, we, we had like uh, an idea of using all my ruined Mordheim buildings to do this ruined city after the siege. Ah, uh, it would have been so cool. You could make an awesome looking table if you do a, like a large table and you, you have like a bit of land and then the wall and then ruined city and then the city yes, that's yet to yeah. be ruined. You can see the flow of the battle going through yeah. the city. Probably better for photo opportunities than actually gameplay, but it would be cool. So, how about the next one from Rene? Yeah, will you guys ever commit to painting an entire army in the nude with pictures? Well, I yeah. always commit painting my armies, 
and uh, I won't say if it's in the nude or not, but I always take pictures of the army. We already got Jens to do this. We asked him earlier, yeah. and like you might not believe this, this is not recorded, but he agreed. He totally agreed. He will do this. He will do this in his sauna. Do you have a sauna in Tasmania, Renee? Yeah. The hour one. <laughs> that's that's called summer, isn't it? And then. Or winter, I guess. Since Would you guys summer. ever commit to painting an army? I can't do an Australian accent. Yeah, but uh, I'm, I'm I'm actually looking forward to watching these pictures. It's it's not often I want to look at naked guys, but this time I can say that this this topic is why Jens is currently muted because he was start, starting with this one when we started this this recording and we just had to mute him. Yeah, Jens, tell us if you don't want to post no nude pictures on the internet with you playing miniatures. No, okay, he's good. So this is from a seagull. That is best and worst army in sixth edition, beginner dash pro level. Which magic items are a waste of points? Special characters, yes, no. Six versus eight. So who wants to name the best wow. and worst army in sixth edition? Uh, uh well the worst I would say is any army I'm playing. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's like, but that's not due edition. to the army. No, it's it's because you have bad dice. I've heard Tomb Kings are the worst in sixth edition. They, the Tomb Kings needs a lot of finesse. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna say it's the worst army because it needs finesse. You need to really know the army to play it. It's it, but it is that, devastating, it, but it, you need to know the army. Yeah, can that be actually be classified as worst and not just one that is well, skill if, intensive? If we're talking a beginner army. Worst beginner army is also the most fun beginner army. True. Skaven. Yeah. So Skaven is a bad beginner army. You need because they they also need the same kind of finesse. And uh, do they? Yeah, they do. Do they? If you if you don't know how to properly use a, a warp lightning cannon or a rattling gun, then you're you doing need the finesse bad. of knowing how to include yeah. a rattling gun yeah. and just sail yes. army. Yes. Oh, storm banner. Rattling no, Storm, Storm Banner is bad in 6th edition. In 7th edition, it's really fucking good. Because in 6th edition, Storm Banner also includes your own units. In 7th edition, it mentions uh, like weapons that use mag well magical weapons. They are not affected, and all Skaven weapons are magical-based attacks. So they I'm, get I'm gonna fire. have a hot take here and say that Orcs and Goblins are the worst army in 6th edition. Yeah, because they're like other armies, but units that are good <laughs> are a special choice. Yeah, but then again, like when they had the Storm of Chaos campaign, orcs were smashing every game, unless they were just having massive troll farms that just <laughs> put in that they were winning all their games. I don't know. Maybe orcs can be good. I just don't know. But it, when I'm looking at their army book, I'm like, well. How am I supposed to build an army that can actually get to the enemy? But to be fair, Storm of Chaos also had teleporting Chaos armies that had to be in at the end battle. At the yeah, because point. because the orcs won all the time. They just couldn't yeah, get and the, it was also the problem with that the Chaos basically had three armies and was against everyone else. So. Maybe the the orcs when I'm looking at them is just because they're orcs because like every other army they have like their standard units and then they have some dirty tricks like every army has a dirty trick like you you can't build an army without like having some kind of odd thing about it but the orcs just have just regular units and maybe that's the beauty of them the, the simple brutality of orc boys yeah and they have a lot of unit choices but 
Yeah, I see where you're talking about, uh, like, beginning army. They're bad. And they can be one of the worst armies, because if you build it wrong, they're very bland and boring, and they can't do special stuff. I'm going to say yeah. for strongest, High Elves and Chaos. Mm, hot take on High Elves. I think High Elves is also an army that you need to know how to use it, and then it can be really yeah, devastating. And, yeah. yeah and High Elves is very easy to overinvest in characters, because you've got good characters, but yeah. all of a sudden they're like 400 points and take up a quarter of your army. So Yeah, so it's very fine. Without tuned. a dragon. <laughs> yeah. I think it's so easy to overspend on everything on High Elves. That kind of leads into the which magic items are a waste of points. and Oh, the Book of Hoth. No, it's actually, it's a great value of points if you get it in a campaign. <laughs> if you have a gold, if you have a mine that you basically just have 100, 100 points worth of magic items that you can take, use it. If you want to take it in a regular game, it's probably not that good because you're losing a lot of uh, flexibility in your mage for that. Nicholas, are there any wasted runes in the dwarf list? Uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, the Master of Flight, you can only put in a hammer. It's super cool, but it's like 50 points or something. There's a yeah. lot of runes that are that is, way There are a lot of the runes that they are situational and cool, but they're not really useful if you want to get a good value out of them. And that is true with mm. most magic items. What a good, like, power stones and uh, dispel scrolls they're really good value yeah there's just a lot of magic items in sixth edition are really cool but they're like 50 points or more and can only really be used for one thing i think like Dark the, the standard yeah. magic items are really good like sword of might yeah. dispel scroll and uh, war banner it's like the the three best yeah. magic items and they're all ba uh, generic items banners in general can be quite useful there are some really good ones. One item that comes to mind is that every book in 6th edition has some like 100 point magical sword. The Skaven has the Black Blade, and for the Vampire accounts, it's I think it's called the Frost Blade or something, and it ignores all kinds of saves and it does like one wound. And I've never once ever playing Vampire Counts found a proper use for it because 100 points is all the magical <laughs> count that you get. Yeah. And you can just do so much better things than having one huge kill-everything weapon. I mean, normally, I suppose, you could fight a dragon with it, but there's so many better ways of using your points tactically, in my opinion. Isn't Has anyone your... ever used, like, that big fuck-off item? Well, I've I... used the Book of Hoeth for my... That's 100 points, but that's just to mess with Jimmy during yeah. last games. Because <laughs> it's quite useless, because it sh the magic items usually share the points pool with uh, like honors and uh, other upgrades so you can't take any other upgrades for your mage if you take that kind uh, of magic i think speaking of runes i think those runes are pretty worth it in the dwarf army book because you can usually take more magic items for dwarves like 125 or 150 or something uh, but i think those runes uh, those two master runes that there's one that hits all your attacks hit automatically, and one that wounds automatically. And I think those are like 75 points. They're actually pretty yeah, worth it. We have, uh, there's a magic item in uh, the Orcs and Goblins book. Cleavus Clever of, no, Cleavus Cle Cleaver of Cleavage, which is a weapon for 75 points. All hits wound automatically. So would that be worth it? Do you think so? I, uh, yeah. Thing no, with, with dwarfs, think. you can also boost it. So you can make like yeah, you plus can add one or plus two yeah. attacks as well. So. Yeah, it also depends on what kind of character you're 
intending to use the magic yeah. items on. Because if you want like a tanky ca character that just uh, take a beating in a large unit to hold the center of your line, you probably should tool that character up so it's a lot more durable. But if you're just going to do like a character that has one single role on the flank or something, you might not need to tool it up as much as uh, your mainline characters. Yeah. So, how about special characters then? What do you think about those? Yeah, you two spoke basically over each other, so... I think they're kind of an auto-include in 8th edition. Uh, and almost non-apparent in 6th. Yeah, uh, in, in 8th edition, like, for me, playing Night Goblins, if I want to play Night Goblins and actually have fun in Ergo, I can play the game against my opponent. I need to use Garsnick and Gobla for that leadership 8 bonus. If I don't, I must take a leadership 7 at max. Yeah. Yeah. And... I think this the way that they arrange them in the edition that they're in like the HQ choices as just unit entries and just feel like a go through thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, compared six... to the sixth edition when they were like special rules kind of like a, a bonus yeah. like but where the special lists were. It felt more like yeah. a they are also usually requires opponents' permission. Yeah, and a lot of the like all of the tournaments here in the UK that are cropping out now are not allowing special characters. I think probably from a fear of having a, a Techlist or an Archaeon, which are just like the two really good ones, yep. or Zacharias or something. On the other hand, Techlist is 630 points. Yeah. His cheaper like brother, ever living. His cheaper brother is 585 points. And Imric, which is the most expensive high elf character, is 675 points, and he comes with a dragon. So special characters get expensive really, really quickly, but you probably should inform your opponent if you're taking one. Yeah. So regarding 6th edition, I don't. they're not so common and very seldom used. And in 8th edition, they're very common. Yeah. And I've, I've even seen games where, like, historically dead characters fight new and alive ones, like uh, Carl Franz facing off Gorbad Ironclaw. I've seen this battle going on a, a fair couple of times, and uh, these these guys they did claim to be fluff players, but I can't see this one. No, I can't see this one happening. And for sixth, as we said, opponents' permission, so you probably should inform them beforehand. And if, for instance, I say, say like if I was gonna book with Jimmy here, I'm gonna we're gonna play a game in like January. I'm gonna say, oh Jimmy, at uh, this game I'm going to take like. Eltharion, so he knows what to deal with. Because a special character, some special characters can skew an entire game on, the, yeah. on, their, on, their, on their own, just as an example. And uh, let's skip to the next one, which is Romantics88 on Instagram. And he's, he's writing, just getting into Aether's fantasy. I'm trying Warriors of Chaos, Slanish. If I were to try Six Dead, what are some suggestions of units to use? Marauder horsemen would flail. They and can show some knights of Slanish. Yeah, although they can't have Mark of Slanish in six dead marauders, I think. No, they can't. So no, they I can't. I retract my suggestion. But yeah, knights or chosen knights with Mark of Slanish. Yeah. They won't flee from panic. It's very important to be immune to psychology. Yeah, and if you want to widen it, then just not take only take uh, like Warriors of Chaos or the Hordes of Chaos book that is. You can always ally in some of the other books, units. Yeah, demons. 
Seekers. Yeah. Oh, definitely yeah. Seekers. Yeah, with that movement 10, 20 in charge. Wow. Yeah, exactly. And as we've talked about before, we are going to do Chaos Specials in the early next year if you want some really good suggestion on units to use. Yeah, I would say Seekers. And if you do look at Storm of Chaos, the Half Seeker, which is basically a mount of Slanish that you can use for a bespoken character. Uh, Storm of Chaos introduced some new options for the way you could actually ride <laughs> uh, your different steeds. And for Slanish, there is a wealth of units. But you do have to remember that when you use Storm of Chaos, you then use a sort of proto-Demons of Chaos book. So you don't unify it like you do in Hordes of Chaos. So, yeah. So if you do go to 6th edition, do remember that Chaos and Demons are basically one book to some extent. And if you don't use the 6th edition book for Beastmen, you could even use the 5th ed, which has Chaos Warriors, Demons, and Beastmen in one old book. As Jimmy has explained before, basically your general dictates what is then core and what is actually special and rare. But still, I'd recommend looking at them. It's a really good read. Speaking of Storm of Chaos, if you want to, you could also include some... Uh, if you go pure Slanish, you can include some Dark Elves and do a Cult of Slanish list. Oh, yeah. That's actually a nice list. Yeah, and then you can uh, mix it up a bit, and you're not just only having to paint uh, Wars of Chaos. So it might be good for keeping that interest in a project live as well, and getting something other out of your painting time and gaming time. It's so fun. Yeah, I'd definitely say if you're playing 6th edition, you just go full Chaos and you just include units from everywhere, because you can. Just have some beastmen, have some demons, it's perfect. And if you're using Alpha Legion, you can always use a special choice from another. No, wait, wrong game. <laughs> wrong game, Chris. Should we go to the next question? Battle reports. Yeah. And I can almost guess where these guys are from, right? Yeah. The whiff of vodka and the sound of a balalaika and the fair distance makes me think that uh, maybe it's Nicholas Friends. It also looks like they're wearing winged Hussar helmets and just riding up and down. Yeah, so this is what battlereports.org and what events are you guys going to visit next year and why Poland? I will go to the prepaid events where my flight tickets are paid and my hotel is paid. I will pay for the event myself. Fair enough. Yeah, see, yeah, so <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I did have a great time last earlier this year going there and uh, I would love to go again, but I'm saving up money for a trip to Japan, so yeah, we yes. can hear you, Nicholas. Trip to Japan, you mean more more time buildings? <laughs> I wish. This is an actual trip to Japan. Uh, and it's going to be... Uh, it, it, it. This is why I haven't gone to any 30k events. Fair enough. It, attending events can be quite costly. Actually. Yeah. Traveling, all the living expenses. I, I can tell you that the number of events I will participate in will be butt kiss and jack and shit. Uh, on account, as previously mentioned, I am having my second child. But the rest of the podcast will go, you know, oh, the places they'll go. They'll go to Poland and England. Yeah. I've heard talks they're going Obviously. to France, uh, building new armies. And Chris wants to go to Finland. So, yeah, go, fly, fly. Sky's the limit, lads. And probably might be going all the way to, well, beat, uh, get beaten by Jimmy in Javelin. It's all you need, baby. Yeah. It seems like someone got a bit of connection problem, so then there were three. <laughs> I blame Brexit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah there's, they complicated there's, it. Just, uh, cut, the, cut the internet connection to Europe. 
No, they started, you know, stripping the plastic and the copper from all his internal wires. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is going to fund the new NHS, don't you know, you damn dirty foreigner. Yeah, he's going to sell off the NHS to the Americans. No way. King in the North. So, I think what do you Alpha think of... Crow. Yeah. What do you think of Oldham returning in a few years and will we see the return of Desire Bases? And this is verbatim. He actually wrote Desire Bases and I'm not sure what that is. Did he misspell Square Bases or? Or Desired, perhaps. So I'm thinking hexagonal bases. That uh, yeah, We've already discussed that the Brits are cutting the cables and stripping the copper. And I just want to say yeah. that there are tons of events in England this year coming up. Well, we were talking about events in Poland, not England. Yeah, well, yeah, Poland's yeah, one. But uh, which events are you attending, Nicholas? Because you have a few. Yeah, there's like, I don't know, five, seven events going on here. Uh, I would like to attend one in Poland. I don't think I'll manage next year. Hopefully the year after that, it would be nice to go back to the team tournament. But that yeah, was do, great. Do tell about the events going on in England. So there are tournaments going on like all the time, like every other month. Uh, this guy who's been posting some battle reports, you might have seen it, uh, uh, on the 6th edition page, he announced that he will be hosting three tournaments. And then there's this guy who's hosting a tournament in March. And we're doing the Albion event now in January. And then probably the guys that did the uh, November Reigning Chaos that I went to recently will do that one next year as well. So yeah, there's tournaments going on literally all the time here. Yeah, the one in March is uh, the weekend of 28th, I think. Which is the weekend after I'm in London. Bad timing, Chris. I I doubt my fiancé see it that way. <laughs> but yeah, it would be nice. Niklas, what is a desire base? Desire base? <laughs> is it the base? It's a base it with a mark of slanish, obviously. So a slanishy butt plug. Is that one of those uh, those dark elder prisoners? Those models just on a, a base of every shape, mm. every shape imaginable to human beings. So let's move on to the account that we might suspect is Rene or someone that knows Rene. And that the first question here is: uh, Who was the best Phoenix King, and why was it Malekith? Why was it Malekith? Well, because it wasn't. Yeah, that's a good enough reply. Yeah, yeah obviously. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna say Finnebar the Explorer. He was a peacemaker. I say Calibor the Conqueror, because he kicked the, the Dark Hills out of Alfon. <laughs> <laughs> I second Calibor the Conqueror because he was a true peacemaker. He made a desert and called it a peace. And... How can it be anything other than an Aaron? No, he was He was. The Phoenix King, yes, but he was also the father of Malekith, which is the worst elf ever born. And he wasn't yeah. that great after the war. He was good at winning the war. He wasn't that good at stop good at stop being stop being being a dick because he was but, uh, corrupted so you, by the was, sword. He was elf Churchill. Yeah, he also made people an entire subcontinent starve. So he's basically elf Augustus, or I guess elf Charlemagne. Because his sons fucked shit up. Yeah. That's a Charlemagne reference, I guess. But have you thought about Vlad von Karstein being a great Phoenix Lord? Is he a Phoenix Lord now? He's an Eldar. He's an Eldar. Boom. So Boom. is he Mind like blown. Uh, Phoenix? So Phoenix. is he a Howling Banshee or a Dark Reaper or? Uh, I don't want to make this about you people or whatever is... fancy titles y'all dress up in. Is... But he would be the best ruler y'all could have. So proof. 
So Vlad is basically Baharut. No, he is. He is. He's the founder of the Incubi. He is not Ara. Trust me, he is so isn't. Ara. I would say he is more like Asdrubal Vect. He wouldn't even last a day in Komara. Since this is Upisitarkvel, I'm going to tell you that in the latest uh, 40k event, Jane Zar beat the shit out of Drazar, and it turns yeah. out that Drazar's suit is just basically an empty Phoenix Lord suit, and a young elf lady picks it up and becomes a new Drazar. Yeah, yeah, but that's how it works with the Exarch. With Phoenix Kings, yeah. So to answer your question, not Rene, pretty much anyone except for Malekif, literally even people not in the canon. Yes. <laughs> I yep. saw a hobo wetting himself down on the corner the other day. I think he might be a better Phoenix King. I saw a dead crow lying in a bit of grass two days ago when I walked the dog. That's a better Phoenix King than Malekith. Boris it... Johnson would be a better Phoenix King. <laughs> Did the Whoa. Dead... Whoa. <laughs> please, <laughs> please, try, try, try not to make this so political. On, on the other hand, he almost feels as entitled to, the, to being the quote-unquote leader as Malekith. Yeah. He's doing whatever it takes to just uh, get that taste of power. Yeah. What is the best loadout for Dreadlord? What is I have no idea what the Dreadlord is. Is no. Oh yeah, it's 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 a dark dark elf lord. No, the, the, oh, okay. the Dreadlord is one of the winged demon lords from Warcraft. One of those that gave uh, the sword to Arthas that made him that got him corrupted in uh, Warcraft three. So and, does anyone have the Dark Elf 8th edition book? No, and um, I'm just saying that the Dreadlord isn't in the game. There is no Dreadlords. They are no, I, I think Chris used to have it, but it gave him a shot of antibiotics and it cleared that aphid infection right up. Stop making up fucking names for everything. We, in other words, we have no fucking clue. But they only changed the name due to copyright reasons anyway. I've heard... In 8th edition, a giant's blade for an elf hero is an auto-include, so I'm going to go with that. The release of Chaos, for sure. Or is it it the reintroduction of formations from Warhammer 7th Ed into Age of Sigmar? Is that a thing? Oh yeah, Yeah. they have like formation stuff now. Also, you are allowed to use movement traits for horde armies in Age of Sigmar. I love that. Full circle. And now they have directions on the monsters. Oh, yeah, I saw that as well. Oh, it's just getting better and better. I still fear what uh, the rear attack of a phoenix is. <laughs> yeah, write in with thoughts about that, listeners. Yeah, do. <laughs> really do. I'm going to so, take this opportunity lot, as well to call it. Leaving yeah, with Krell into the gonna be, darkness. It's going to do like this then. This opposite quell is finished because we have no more listener questions and yeah, everyone like... feels like they want to go to bed anyway and Jim is pretty much yeah. dying from headache. Yeah. And I'm a bit hyper. So let's summarize it. New competitions, so, new yeah. monthly competitions, feedback, competitions, people are leaving Sweden to go everywhere for your amusement. And good night. <laughs> Remember, good night. stay square. Come at me, Australians. Come at me. Oh, do yeah, that griffin has fucking magnificent balls sculpted on it. Balls and dick. Full frontal nudity. Time may have ended, and the realm of elf, dwarf, and man shattered. But in our hearts, the old world lives.